0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by MoFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit mofad.org.
0: I'm Linda Palacio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
2: Well, hello! Welcome to all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, March 30th. This is the hundred second episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind the scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, I'm doing a special on the road edition of my show, featuring highlights from SoBe Wine and Food Festival and Charleston Wine and Food Festival. But first, as I do on every show, as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. So, today's tip is to be a publicist for publicists. Believe in your peers and support one another's efforts. PR can be tough, but by building a network that shares experiences, resources, and insights, your work will be easier and better. So, bond with your colleagues and create a strong PR community. It's good PR. That's my tip today. Okay, it's time for my festival recap show. So first we're going to kick it off with food, the Food Network and Cooking Channel's Sobe Wine and Food Festival presented by Food and Wine Magazine. So this took place in South Beach from February 24th to the 28th. And I was there. I often go to this festival because I'm from Miami, my hometown. And this was the 15th anniversary by festival founder and director Lee Schrager, who has been a guest on my show. Now, I call this the spring break for chefs. I think it's a good excuse to head down south and and have some delicious food and some fun in the sun. Although it really wasn't that warm this year. It was in the 50s to 70s, but still very nice for February. So not complaining about that. Now, some highlights. It's great to see past guests who work on the event. That's including Brett Friedman, Andrew Kaplan, Randy Fisher, Devin Padgett, Jamie Schweid, and Lee Schrager. I'd say many congrats to all of them. It was a wonderful festival, flawlessly executed as always. And there were lots of great parties, including Spike Mendelson's pool party at the Hall Hotel and after parties at Nautilus Hotel, SLS, and Broken Shaker. Very good for networking. And South Beach Beach provides an opportunity to catch up with friends. So here I have a clip. I first caught up with Mike Hewitt of One House Hospitality Headhunters, a company he started last year, and he's been a sponsor of my Solely Dining segments. So here's Mike.
3: Well, One House is the evolution uh, for our, for us, you know, in the recruiting field, uh, looking at hospitality professionals, uh, New York, Miami, West Coast, and some international. Uh, but then it also evolved into a couple different departments. Uh, One House Digital, we're doing uh, web solutions, uh, POS, uh, website apps uh, in the hospitality field, and then One House Management that handles uh, food and beverage consulting, um, spatial planning. F&B repositionings, things of that nature. So it's an all-encompassing hospitality uh, provider.
2: And you have a few people from your team down here.
3: Yes, the Dream Team.
2: What are their roles? And you're in... You're beyond New York now. you're in several locations.
3: Yes, so the goal for us has been to grow organically, slowly, and just cater to key clients uh, as opposed to doing the volume game and, and just looking to you know open up everywhere and take on everybody that comes our way. Um, so strategically, you know we have a culinary director, handles all the kitchen, a uh, chef. Needs. And then we have our director of management that handles the front of the house. Um, I have both directors, Agatha and Crystal, here. Um, Agatha based in Nashville and Crystal based in Brooklyn. Uh, we have uh, another recruiter starting in San Francisco next week. So we're picking key territories and, um, and focusing on those particular sectors and going from there.
2: Well, it's super exciting. Now, down here at South Beach, are you looking for new clients have you found any yes
3: yes always <laughs> hunting. i always say we're, we're hunters and gatherers that's what we do and it's um or you could say we're the people people right we're actually out there meeting people whether they turn into clients or candidates we're uh we're out here to meet people and to um you know and, and to have fun and i think when we're out socially and we're meeting key operators and people we don't know what you know, walks of life they're coming from, uh, but later down the road they could turn into great candidates for us. We've had the fortune of having great candidates turn into clients for us, people that we've placed that are now at positions of power that can actually hire us for our recruiting services. So that, um, I think that shows us that we're on the right track, we're doing something right. Um, so, yeah, Miami is a little bit of fun and networking all together.
2: Absolutely. So, what's been a highlight so far of South Beach? Wine
1: and food festival I have
3: to say The highlight for me Has been Jean-Georges Incredible top spin uh, Last (laughs) night I did not know And everyone was laughing Ah he spends too much time In China these days But the guy was I mean yeah He blew Mark Murphy away Um, And it was like a crowd Ping
2: pong
3: Ping pong yeah Amazing Um, So he's, he's got some moves Which was impressive to see
2: yes apparently john george does have some moves so that's what happens a bit at the after parties down in south beach now i also hit up uh, all of the big beach events these happen literally on the beach in south beach and a huge tent goes up i feel it like it's as big as uh, a football field it probably is and uh, these events included jada's italian feast burger bash meatopia and the new Lucky Chopsticks. And there I ran into an old high school friend, Abe Eng, of of Maki. He was recently named on South Florida's 50 best list, which is really awesome. So congrats to Abe. Now, when I was at Miitopia, I caught up with Steve Freed. He is known as Octoman. So let's find out what Steve was up to down in South Beach.
4: Well, I started working with an amazing company in New York uh, importing Octopus and had a lot of success with it and I thought I'd just brand myself Octoman because it sounded kind of cool and and now everyone knows me by Octoman, it's kind of a fun brand. Unfortunately DC Comics has the copyright so I can't copyright that and don't tell them about that. But, um, I won't know. tell
2: them, I, I don't have them lined up for an interview.
4: Good. But,
2: uh, So we're at Meatopia. What brings you here?
4: Well, you know, I wanted to, you know, put a little love out to uh, Joshua Zersky, who's up in heaven, the founder and, you know, uh, mind behind this amazing event. I miss him, miss him a lot. And um, came down to uh, South Beach to uh, cook at at an event last night at Laura Fish Bar. Cooked some great octopus. Surprise, Surprise,
2: surprise.
4: Surprise. It was a big hit. 500 people over at Oyster Bash. A lot of fun. Sorry, I
2: missed it. Yeah,
4: it was real, really good turnout, and I uh, had, had a lot of fun, and i having a great time down here. It's the first time I'm in South Beach Food and Wine, and um, I'm glad I came.
2: Yeah, me too. Now, tell me about octopus being a meat. Well, you know,
4: octopus is incredibly... Um You know, there's a firmness to the texture, and it's really high in protein. It's really healthy for you, and I think it is a meat, because if you think about the texture, if you think about what meat is, meat comes from animals, right? So you have meat from cows and pigs and lamb and squirrels, um, (laughs) rabbit. And you've got crab meat, you've got lobster meat, and why not, you know, call, you know, octopus meat because it is a meat.
2: Okay, so perhaps we'll see you here at Meatopia. You know, that could with be your fun. Octopus meat. I, next that, year.
4: that would actually be kind of fun. I might enjoy doing that.
5: Yeah. Well, we'll see.
2: Yes, we shall see. Is octopus a meat? Good question. He had a good answer for it too. Now, also at South Beach at. Metopia. I checked in with a Miami-based chef, Andrew Bienvenue, and he's the chef at Joe's Stone Crab, which I think is still the most popular restaurant in South Beach, and uh, as a side note, I was at Joe's before the festival, and on Instagram, I, I posted a picture, and Food and Wine magazine reposted my picture of Joe's, Joe's Stone Crab's, and it re- has received, as of the last time I checked, over 11,800 likes I think my own post Got about 70 likes So it just shows you The power of having A brand like Food and wine Behind, behind you So um, I checked in With Andrew Because he was At Metopia. So I wanted to see what, what brought him there Here's the clip fan of Joe's okay. for a long time. Um, how long have you been I've been with there 16 restaurant? years. Okay. And why did you guys choose to do Meatopia? You
0: know, we do a lot of meat at the restaurant. You know, obviously the restaurant's famous for stone crabs, but people don't realize how, how much meat we're involved with. And so the Meatopia just fits us perfect and it allows people to just, let's see what we do different. Yes, and what did you prepare today? We did, you know, we like to childhood memory. We did a fried bologna sandwich with pimento cheese and honey mustard sauce. And we did a uh, a corn a corn seasoned popcorn, and we did an adult caprice Sun.
2: I I just took a bite of the bologna Buffalo's good, right? Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, good and, stuff. And what did I have for lunch? I had stone crabs. There you go. I so took you got it the to best go. Of the best yeah, every night. yeah, fabulous. So when you're not dining at Joe's, where do you like to eat in Miami?
0: Um. You know, I'm a big fan of my favorite red, my next-door neighbor, Peter. Big fan of his restaurant. Okay. Um, but I'm always trying to find a hole-in-the-wall that gets no recognition at all. And they're, they're putting it best Vespa 4 night after night. That's what I'm looking for. You know, the, the big-name restaurants, that have tons of dollars to put into it. I'm looking for that hole-in-the-wall that just does a phenomenal job.
2: Okay. I like hole-in-the-walls. Yeah, they're good stuff. Yeah, they are good stuff. And, uh... Just to give a shout out to Dina Marino of MC Kitchen. I had uh, done a little interview with her, but it was, as you can see, it was pretty noisy there. So our interview didn't come out that great. So I'm not going to play it back. But if you're in Miami, besides Hole in the Walls, go check out her place, MC Kitchen. It's awesome. And uh, there's a lot happening down there in the Miami dining scene. So it's, it's good to have as a hometown and be able to visit. And um, that's my recap from South Beach. It was a really wonderful festival. Again, congratulations to Lee Schrager and his entire team. A really well-done job, and it's always a good time. So now we're going to take a little break, and I'm going to come back and talk about Charleston Wine and Food Festival. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network.
6: And you're listening to Zuli. In the meantime, we will
5: be back very shortly on All in the Industry.
1: Hi, this is Peter Kim, the executive director of MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. We're a nonprofit founded by Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues here on the Heritage Radio Network. And we want to take people on a learning adventure through the world of food. We just opened MoFad Lab, our gallery space at 62 Bayard Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where we are currently showing flavor, making it and faking it. Flavor features some very cool sensory interaction. Flavor tablets deliver tastings of vanilla and umami. And the Willy Wonka-inspired smell synth lets you compose over half a million different flavors. So come on by and visit MoFad Lab. We're open five days a week, and tickets are $5 for kids and $10 for adults. Learn more about the Museum of Food and Drink at mofad org.
2: Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host Sherry Bayer, and this is a special festival recap show for our all for our All in the Industry on the Road series. Okay, so now we have up Charleston Wine and Food Festival. This took place. March 2nd to 6th in lo- lovely Charleston, South Carolina. This is my first time attending this festival. It was in its 11th year and again another really well executed festival. They did an amazing job. I'm so glad to be there. Now, I sent I attended several lunches and dinners as a large part of of what happens down there. There's I believe over 100 events. So I was at the grocery with Chef Kevin Johnson and guest chef Jonathan Sawyer of Greenhouse Tavern in Cleveland. I also went to a lunch at Oku with Chef Thad Stuckey and guest mixologist Pam Wisnitzer of Seamstress in New York City. And then I had some New Orleans themed meals. I was at the Bouchon and the and the Big Easy at Fish with Chef Nico Romo and Chef Steven Strijewski of Kushan in New Orleans. And Coda del Pesh with Chef Ken Vendrinsky and Chef Ryan Pruitt of New Orleans Pesce. And all of these lunches and dinners were really fabulous. Uh, a lot of food, a lot of wonderful collaboration between the chefs. So um, I was glad I was able to partake in, in them. Another highlight was the Gospel Brunch, which was on Sunday morning. Now, here I spoke with a couple chefs. I caught up first with Chris Hall of Unsuka Community of Business in Atlanta with restaurants including Local 3. So, here is Chris. So what brings you down to Charleston Wine Food Festival?
7: So this is the fourth year we've done it. It's just a great time. Uh, You know, you get a little exposure, but mostly as chefs, we don't really have conventions. So this is a great way to network and see all your friends and have a few beers and enjoy while you're, you know, getting a little exposure for the restaurants.
2: Yeah, it's fabulous. What are you cooking today at the brunch?
7: So chicken and waffles. We're doing a little chicken liver mousse and a malted waffle, maple bacon jam on top.
2: I just had it. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> do you, is this something you do at your restaurant?
7: It actually is on the menu. Our menu's always changing, but it's on the menu right now. It's just a little small, like a snack right now. Almost like a bar snack.
2: All right. And I was telling you before, I have to get down to Atlanta. I haven't been there in several years. So what's happening with the Atlanta dining scene? Uh,
7: I, I think we really come into our own. I think for a long while there wasn't an identity, and I think people have started to figure that out. There's so many great places. You can go high-end, you can go casual. But it's just a really vibrant scene. And because Atlanta and the airport and it's a crossroads for so many people coming through the south, we've got a really, really f- cool food culture right now, which is fun.
2: Cool. Aside from, well, tell me, what are your restaurants in Atlanta?
7: So we have Local 3, we have Muss and Turner's, we have Common Quarter, and then we're part of a charity that we founded called The Giving Kitchen, which owns a restaurant called Staple House. So, And all the proceeds from the restaurant go to charity, which helps restaurant workers in need.
2: That's wonderful.
7: Yeah, it's a cool gig.
2: Yeah, what what restaurants aside from yours in Atlanta would you recommend checking out? When uh, I get down there,
7: I mean you got to go to Staplehouse. you really, I, okay. think, I think Ryan Smith, he was just nominated for a Beard Award. The restaurant was nominated for Best New Restaurant. It's it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it, it all depends on what you want. I mean we have great ethnic food, everything from El to Taco. If you want great authentic tacos, to you know Robert Phelan's right next to us at One Inch Stag. There's so much interesting food going on right now that it's really really fun to go down and check everything out.
2: Yes, I really do have to get down to Atlanta. It was a bit of an understatement to say it's been a few years, because it's been many, many years since I've been there. And uh, Kim Severson just recently wrote a piece in the New York Times about the Atlanta dining scene. I think it was in the middle of February it came out. So if you want to check that out to see what's happening down there, go right ahead. And... uh, Next up, I have a clip with Jonathan Sawyer of Greenhouse Tavern in Cleveland, Ohio. And as I mentioned, I was at his dinner at the grocery uh, earlier. So here, uh, here's Jonathan.
8: Hey, hey, how we doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
8: I'm having a blast.
2: So I first ran into you the other night at your fabulous dinner at the grocery. Mm-hmm. So how did that come together?
8: Uh, Kevin Johnson and I are cut from the same cloth. You know, we're both chef dads. We both care supremely about our families and our wives. And then our restaurant's third. So we've wanted to cook together forever. And uh, Charleston's such a great festival. It was nice for us to be able to see that happen here.
2: Yes, it was a great dinner. And now we're here at this brunch. What are you cooking today?
8: Today we're doing uh, a riff on chile chile called Frito Queses, and uh, it has salsa negra, salsa verde, like a little Mexican chili, uh, dry vella jack, and pickled onions on top. Um, for us, the idea was house-made Fritos are better because we can source, you know, good masa harina, add a little water, extrude it through a pasta extruder, and have even better than a Frito Frito. So we put the Frito with the chili Queses, and we have Frito Queses.
2: I've never had such a, such a dish and it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. very tasty.
8: Yeah, at the uh, Cleveland Football Brown Stadium, we serve a walking taco that is similar to this, a little less fancy, a little less gussied up, a little more oh. Brown Stadium, but it's just uh, it's taking a guilty pleasure and making it a little less guilty.
2: Cool, I did not know you were at the stadium. Yeah, yeah. What, what other restaurants, well, what What are your restaurants? You're based in Cleveland, yeah. and you have you have a little empire that, going on there, right?
8: We have a great family there, yeah. So we have the Greenhouse Tavern on East 4th. We have Noodle Cat on uh, Public Square. We have Trentina in University Circle. We have Sawyer Street Fries in the Brown Stadium. We have Saucer Peppers in Brown Stadium. And then we have Seesaw Pretzels in uh, the Calf Stadium. And then we also have the Tavern Vinegar Company.
2: Yes, I tried your vinegars yes. the other night. Yes. You're very you passionate. Have some rare ones. You're passionate about vinegar. Yeah. Um, when did you start that?
8: Um, it was about 12 years ago my first batch came out. And it was, uh, it was my wife and I. We lived in Park Slope, I think at the time, or maybe still Lower East Side. And uh, I bought a bottle of vinegar and I just wasn't happy with what I tasted uh, price wise. So I said, fuck it, I'm going to learn how to make vinegar and I'm going to read and I'm going to embrace Scooby and Mother and acetobacteria and I'm going to see what happens. Um, Twelve years later now, we have uh, 3,000 gallons of production, only oak, only uh, glass, and uh, all single origin. Amazing. And still live and probiotic um, for 99% of them.
2: Wow. So how do you manage all this? I mean, this is a handful of restaurants. You're here doing lots of events at Food, yeah. uh, food and Wine Festival. It's, uh, it's a lot, and you're yet since I've been hanging out with you a yeah. bit. You're always in good spirits. Yeah. You you seem very laid back.
8: Well, I hire a lot of girls, and I hire a lot of smart people, and that's how our company works. Okay. That's it. You know, I mean, my job at the end of the day shouldn't be to grill your steak. It should be to inspire people to grill wonderful steak and source wonderful steak or vegetables or, you know, insert something yeah. that you want to eat. Um, you know, I, I'm... I love cooking food. I always have, and it's my passion. But to me, it's more important to have great human beings around you.
2: Yeah, oh, it's that's a good philosophy, and you've been very successful. And, and I and it's easy I to say; it's so yeah. hard
8: to do. You know, like it's got to be a constant driver for you. You know, You just you gotta embrace people and make sure that they're gonna be happy with themselves, because that's the only way they can make people happy with you.
2: Right? How many people on your team? 280 here. employees. Oh, total. Oh, here right oh. zero.
8: I'm solo oh, really? right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we had supper the other night, and I brought Vinnie, um, our chef at the Greenhouse Tavern. Uh-huh. and Brian, whose nickname is uh, the Corporate Taste Buds, so he's our quality assurance chef. That's a good um, nickname. And my longest partner, too, as well. We've been together for almost 15 years, And uh, but right now I'm solo, so...
2: I'm so low, too. Look at this. So, last question. While in Charleston, where have you eaten that you've loved? Or what's on your hit list for tonight, maybe?
8: So, I've eaten at the grocery. McCready's. Uh, fig. Ordinary. Um, the wonderful Okonomiyaki place. Xiaobao.
2: Oh, I heard uh, of that one. Well, all those so are fabulous. Good. Oh, yeah. my gosh.
8: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I think... If, uh, I might try to swing by there for lunch tomorrow, but Definitely. yeah, I was at the ordinary. I had some oysters. I've been to the other ones there. Yeah, That's
8: requisite, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. got, you got to yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah. and a- I ate AMS too. AMS is the most astounding sandwich shop in the okay. area, by a million shops I'll put it on my list definitely <laughs> yeah from condiments to meat to bread they source like bastards and they think so hard about the simplest things and that's what I love you know I love uh-huh. taking mundane and making it special you know like Fritos right you know like take something and just put a little bit of thought and sourcing into it and it's so much more special
2: well I love your passion Thanks. and I'm so glad I Thank got you. to see you at this festival Thank so you. congratulations on yeah. all your success Thanks, Heritage Radio. You guys rock.
8: <laughs> Thanks.
2: Yes, uh, I keep adding restaurants on my on my list down at Charleston. It's quite quite a a restaurant town. Lots lots of wonderful things happening. Now, also at the Charleston Wine and Food Festival, other highlights. I went to a fun tiki party at Craig Nelson's Proof with guest bartender Charlotte Vosey. There was Chicken Shit Bingo, hosted by Sean Brock. That was pretty crazy. And I had the most delicious brisket there from Lewis Barbecue. So that was a major highlight. There was also Knife Fight, hosted by Elon Hall, who's another past guest on my show. And the secret ingredient was squirrel, believe it or not. And finally, we had the Culinary Village, and there was an incredible lineup of demos, music, and food. Open Table had a great media lounge, which was which was really nice for to be able to re-energize there and do some networking. And last but not least, at the Culinary Village, Heritage Radio, we had a live broadcast happening from the teepee right, right on on campus there, and we did a live broadcast of All in the Industry with wonderful PR ladies. So here is our segment. Going to play that back for y'all. So I'm Sherry Bayer. My show is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network, and my show, I take a behind-the-scenes look talking to people who work in the hospitality industry about what they do. So I'm very honored and excited to have PR ladies in the house to talk about what they do and how they're involved with the Charleston Wine and Food Festival, which this is my first time here and it's been awesome. So my first guest is Laura Kate Whitney. She's the Marketing and Communications Director at Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Welcome, Laura Kate.
6: Thank you. Welcome to Charleston. We're happy to have you.
2: Thank you very excited. And my second two guests are Nicole Albano and Crystal Wang. They are of Bolster Media, a PR agency based in New York City that specializes in the culinary arts.
9: Thank you. We're happy to be so here, excited. too.
2: Yeah, welcome. So this is going to be a PR talk because, you know, behind the scenes, this is we are and being that I I'm a PR person as well with my company, Bayer Public Relations, and I work with a lot of chefs and restaurants as well. So I don't know if a lot of people realize what it takes and, and what we do when we come to these festivals besides eat and drink. So we're going to tell them. Laura, Kate, how did you get involved with the Charleston Wine and Food Festival?
6: Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Charleston Wine and Food, we are celebrating our 11th year Um congratulations. Thank you. And I actually started in the first year, in 2006, I was a volunteer. I sat on an events committee. Um, back then it was a, a much smaller operation and there were a lot of, as you can imagine, folks from around the community volunteering and helping to pull off events. Um, and then in year three, um, I started kind of working the week of the festival in, in, um, in, a, in a different capacity and have so enjoyed and been delighted in um, the opportunity to watch this incredible culinary experience based in the best city in the world, um, kind of evolved throughout the years. And so um, I just came on full time in August of last year in this position. And I'm really stoked to be here. Wow. So
2: this is your first year then being full time. So what does your role
6: entail? Like well, we're a nonprofit. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that about Charleston Wine and Food, um, and so uh, with any other nonprofit, we're we're kind of a lean team. Um, bring on a lot of wonderful people who help us pull it off the week of. Um, but I am marketing and communication, so that entails a little bit of marketing, a little bit of coffee making, um, some PR, um, some bell ringing all kinds of good things but um you know definitely promoting the festival working with our great guest media um and, Thank and you. just making sure that the the people understand and are able to um, that the story of Charleston Wine and Food is told, but also that we are we have this really um, while we do, we are a nonprofit, and we give, um, we support local culinary and hospitality scholarship programs. We also have this really unique opportunity to present Charleston and its many chefs and purveyors and farmers and artisans um, to give them a, a, a spotlight so that they can present themselves to the world and bring other great folks in here to, to learn about Charleston and and all of our many wonderful distinct flavors. So wonderful!
2: <laughs> no, it's 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 quite it's quite a festival. Are there any any things any events that you particularly? Um, I don't know, want to say look forward to or highlight, or it's all just one big one big party? Well, it
6: depends on who's asking the question, of course. I'm asking the question, <laughs> but uh, um, I know gosh, it could be a tricky hard. question. I will tell you, in the, in year 11, in 2016, we have 114 events taking place over five days. So it's really hard to pick one. I mean, we have amazing excursions that take people to places. Earlier this morning, we had a, a small group of about 30 folks hop aboard a, a boat and go to Bulls Bay Island to learn about salt. Harvesting. Um, You can't beat that with a stick. Um, uh, Wonderful dinners with chef collaborations. I mean, there's so many unique experiences that um, are exciting. I can't say that I get to attend all of them, and and I can be quite honest and say I I haven't eaten a lot. (laughs) Um, But I I would say, even maybe I'm inspired since we're sitting here in this awesome teepee in the middle of the Culinary Village. This is really the heart and soul of Charleston wine and food. Um, The Culinary Village is, is over three. Three days, um, and it is kind of the best place. I think it's the best value to come in and just experience demos and tastings and conversations, um, and getting to have some kind of one-on-one personal time with local and guest chefs. There's great music. I mean, and and there's Heritage Radio Network. You get to come and hang out, <laughs> and sit in the TP and talk about awesome stuff. Um, so anyway, it's hard to choose a favorite for sure. I will say that um, at each year we um, we introduce about about 70% of our programming is new concepts. So we bring back the old favorites, but we try to introduce some new things as well to keep people on their feet and keep the festival fresh and exciting. So,
2: Well said, you're doing an amazing job. I just came from a lunch at Fish with, and it was, it was wonderful. and the Big Easy? Yes. 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 And Koshan, I mean, Koshan with being New Orleans and the, the combination, it was a really, really nice lunch. So I'm, I'm trying to take advantage of as much as I can, but there's so many events.
6: There are, there are, as you should, but you are welcome back to Charleston anytime. Thank you. And you you can go ahead and save the date for 2017. It'll be March 1st through 5th. So mark your calendar. Spoken like
2: a, a true publicist. Love it.
6: (laughs) Okay, now speaking
2: of publicists, my friends over here, Sasan, uh, Crystal, and Nicole. So, what brings you guys down to Charleston Wine and Food Festival?
9: We are here uh, with two of our two of our favorite clients, Chef Michael Toscano, uh, who's going to be opening Le Farfali in the Charleston area this spring, and Jeff McGinnis and Janine Booth. From Root and Bone in New York and their new Cespirella Club in Miami, they're both taking part in a bunch of different festival events this weekend.
2: Yes, you've been on the circuit with me down at South Beach Wine and Food Festival <laughs> last weekend. Now we're here. A lot going on on the road. On yes, the we are road. on the road.
5: We're never going home.
2: <laughs> so, what? When did you start your PR firm, and what
9: inspired you to to work with chefs and restaurants? Uh, Bolster Media started two years ago, 2014. Um, I don't know, just a love of food. I I had been working in PR for like 10 years before, or, well, eight years or so before starting in the food sector. Um, But just dabbled in it a little and loved it and love food. So just kind of segued over this way. And Crystal?
5: um, well, I actually got my start working in restaurants in college, and then it so happened that I entered in a local agency that also represented chefs and restaurants, and I kind of had a one leg up working with those chefs and restaurants and then seeing them in the office on the client side too. Um, and then I always kind of wanted to move to New York and work in PR and set my sights on a culinary PR agency. So being down here at the festival,
2: tell people what's a day in the life. You know what being being with your chefs at a festival as a publicist, what does the day entail? A tip. You know where were you last night? I mean, you know what what's the behind the scenes? Last night we were <laughs> at Chicken Shit Bingo. Woohoo! Somebody won. And on it, I panel. won.
9: <laughs> 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 it was a fun event. Was well, but I mean, it's so hard to describe what a ty- typical day is as a publicist at a food festival, right? I mean, you sometimes, wake up early. yeah, we, we don't really sleep much, um, but we're plating for chefs, sometimes, we're running to Home Depot to get them bricks for their table and flowers, uh, we're mingling with media, uh, sometimes, we get to eat the food,
5: not always. Um, Constantly networking. I think uh, these festivals are really great for meeting people, and especially when you go to a city that's not your home base, um, you're seeing a lot of new faces and getting to make new friends, and you probably stalk everyone on Instagram, so then you feel like you know them in real life, but when you go up to them, you have to realize that you don't know them in real <laughs> life. Um, but it's it's great. It's great to meet people and get that face time and
9: learn and eat new things and just... It's good to have time with the clients too, Mm -hmm. like away from their restaurants and at a festival, I think.
2: Yeah, that's true. And get the chefs also in front of a different audience that might not know them or their food.
9: Right. Especially when you go somewhere like the Charleston Wine and Food Festival, I think... Down here, you know, we get to have FaceTime with someone like John T, who isn't necessarily up in New York. Um, and so, being able to do that and have your clients, you know, mingling with him is is cool and different and great.
2: Okay, so let's play my speed round game. This is something I do on my show every week. Nothing to worry about. It's very very friendly game. There's no right or wrong. Um, what it is is I just name. Two or more things, either or situation. You just pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. It's easy. So, here we go. We'll that go down. That sounds pretty easy. It is easy. We'll go down the line. I like both. Laura, Kate, Crystal, and Nicole. So people <laughs> playing along will know who answers what. And uh, here we go. Eat in or eat out. <laughs> Is it
6: harder, a harder game than you thought? <laughs>
9: yes. That's really
6: hard. My husband is a phenomenal cook, and I'm spoiled. Um, but I also live in Charleston, South Carolina. Um is there a pass to this game? You can pass. I, there are no rules. There's well, no right or wrong, and everyone's a winner. I mean, it's a very friendly game. I tell you what, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I have a feeling um, that my husband is he's keeping my kids right now, or our kids, um, so he's not listening. Um, so I'm going to say eat out um, because I am on the on the clock, so to speak, and um, I should be promoting all of our wonderful restaurants here. So my answer um, is eat out.
0: I have a
1: call on line three from your husband. He wants to punch <laughs> (laughs)
5: all right let's keep going what about you crystal i would say eat in because i feel like there are far and few between um and i really like cooking at home but i I do love going out and eating but i would say if i had to make a choice i would love to cook a delicious dinner for friends and family at
9: home great um it is tough because eat in with who eat in alone no i'd rather eat out um, eat in with someone special. I'd rather eat in. Okay. How about wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail?
2: Wine, cocktail, strong one. Beer. That is. That was perfect. <laughs> Tasting menu or à la carte? Mmm.
5: Tasting menu. Tasting menu if I'm under no time constraints. Yes. Agreed.
9: <laughs> okay. A la carte. Small plates or large
6: plates? Small plates. Small plates. Small plates.
2: Here, here. <laughs> Communal table or chef's counter.
6: Ah! This is the hardest game. Ever. <laughs> oh, golly. There's only a few more. Wow. Um, Shoot! Shoot! Um, chef's table,
9: chef's table, or bar, if that's ever an option. Okay, I think communal. I like the communal aspect of dining in general. So we're so just nice.
5: creating our own options here. Yes. <laughs> well, I told you no rules. All of the above. All of them. <laughs> okay. This
2: this is a tricky one. Well, it's changed. It's in- been interesting to see how guests' um, answers have changed over the year. But the question is: tipping or all-inclusive charge? Uh-huh. Tipping.
5: This is so hard. <laughs> if only people. I don't even know the right answer right now. You know, um, I think especially with the New York dining scene. Um, but I think tipping, because it, I, th- okay. it, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Tipping.
2: Sit-down dinners or
6: walk-around tastings? Talking about events, like what do you prefer? Well, I'm going to say sit down if I can go back and retract chef's table and say communal table, sit down, walk around. I, I can't commit to any of these. I love it.
5: <laughs> um, sit down.
6: I think sit down. Okay. Just three more. Sweet tea or coffee? coffee all day every damn day (laughs) sherry we already talked about this
5: this morning coffee die hard i know but now the world knows but just before it was you
9: and me (laughs) um i don't know i you know what like when i'm in the south i just want sweet tea but when i'm in new york i just want caught like a latte depends (laughs) okay depends cheese
6: plate or dessert My tastes have changed recently, and I, I, I'm usually a cheese plate um, all the way, but I'm, I'm, I'm digging the sweets lately, so I'm going to go with dessert plate. Mm.
5: Both.
9: <laughs> Always. Both. Okay. Cheese. Yes. Can't get enough of it ever. <laughs> the answer to world peace.
2: <laughs> okay, last one. Manhattan, Brooklyn, or
9: Charleston? Charleston. Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, I live in Manhattan, <laughs> but I kind of like Brooklyn and Charleston better. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, can I say can I say Charleston or Brooklyn in the summer? Charleston in the in the fall and spring. Yes, you may. Okay, thank you. And no. that's the game. You made it. You survived
2: the game.
6: I love it. May I say something that that you pointed out, Nicole? I thought was so interesting. You said when you're here, you want sweet tea, and when you're in New York, you <laughs> want coffee. And I think that's such a really interesting thing about food and place. It's a conversation that we've been having a lot throughout the weekend. That um, taste change where you are, um, and food has this really wonderful way of bringing people together, or telling a story, or celebrating. So anyway, also when you're
9: in the region of something where you know that they've perfected it. Like, when I'm here, I want to eat pimento cheese. When I see it on a menu in New York, I'm not like, ah, pimento cheese. It's, you know, you want to eat things that are kind of native to that terrain. Good point.
2: Yes, you. I agree. What restaurants uh, in Charleston should should I not miss on this visit? You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> All
5: right, you can take a pass. Xiao Bao Biscuit. It's my favorite. Okay. We, we just ran into Josh, and we were like, man, maybe we should go eat there right Uh-oh. now.
9: I come here once a month, and I eat there every time.
5: Okay. All right.
9: <laughs> I'm going later. and do,
5: um, Don't miss the okonomiyaki. You should also go to La, La Fafale. La <laughs> when that opens. When it opens. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yes. Michael Toscano. <laughs> Shout out. W-
2: when When is that supposed to be opening so I can mark my calendar?
5: Hopefully in May.
2: Okay, looking forward. Any any last thoughts? And, uh, we, got, we got we're competing with some music here, but it's a
6: party. It is a party. It's always a party in Charleston. Well, it, it is an indeed. It is indeed a party at Charleston Wine and Food. Goodness.
2: Yes. Well, I'm I'm honored to be here. Just uh, social media handles, just so people know and want to follow along. The festival is hashtag CHSWFF. Got
6: it. Any, anything at else? At CHS Wine and Food on Twitter, okay. Instagram, Snapchat. And if you're curious about what Bolster Media is doing, at
5: Bolster Media NYC. We are curious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, congratulations. You guys You guys are doing really well, representing a lot of great chefs. Excited hey, for you. Bear. We couldn't do it without you.
6: <laughs> Sherry, we love you.
9: Uh, you? Ditto. Thank you PR, so much. PR You're, coming love.
6: Back. You're coming back next year, yeah? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm on board. It's great. It's wonderful to be here. And thank you guys for taking the time to come, come take away from your day and come on Heritage Radio and do a live broadcast. Really fun. Thank you for having us. This is the best day of my life.
8: Keep the weight jumping.
2: Yes, thank you to Laura Kate Whitney, Marketing and Communications Director of Charleston Wine and Food Festival, and to Nicole Albano and Crystal Wang of Bolster Media. So now we're going to take one more break here and come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Welcome back to Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience, which this week is at Chow Bow Biscuit. Here's the rundown. Location, 224 Rutledge Avenue in Charleston, South Carolina. The concept, a creative multicultural Asian cooking and specialty cocktails restaurant in a trendy converted gas station. The owners and chefs, husband and wife duo, Josh Walker and Duolan Lee. Why did I go? Because everyone told me to go, obviously. My experience. I went for lunch on my last day in Charleston and I took a seat in the back in the casual ambiance. It was a welcoming spot with lots of natural light. What did I get? The Okonomiyaki, a Japanese cabbage pancake with egg and bacon as add-ons. My take, amazing. I think this was the best version of this savory pancake that I've ever had, and I have had it in Osaka, Japan, where the dish originated, so that says a lot for this restaurant and also, I guess, my taste. The scene, locals and a few festival goers, perfect for an affordable meal with drinks with friends, interesting tidbit, Andrew Nolten Andrew Knowlton of Bon Appetit magazine named Chow Bao on his top 50 new restaurants in 2013. Andrew was in town for the festival, and he emceed the Waffle House Smackdown, another fun event. Personal fun fact. While dining, I ran into industry, industry friends, Jennifer Cole and David Hale Smith. The cost was $16, not including tax and gratuity. Would I go back? When in Charleston, you betcha. The website is ChowBowBiscuit.com, and Chow is spelled with an X. That's X-I-A-O. And that is my recap show. I'd like to thank The Door for setting up South Beach Beach. Wine and Food Festival as attending with Heritage Radio Network. I appreciate it. And to Laura Kate Whitney and her amazing team for having us down at Charleston Wine and Food Festival. It was really a true privilege to be at both events. I'd also like to thank Mike Hewitt, Steve Octoman Freed, Andrew Bienvenu, Chris Hall, Jonathan Sawyer, Nicole Bono, and Crystal Wang, and the entire Heritage Radio Network team, Jack Inslee. Erin Fairbanks, and Allison Hamlin. Okay, now I have a bunch of announcements. So first, super excited. Next Monday, April 4th at 4 p.m., I am going to be a guest on Jacqueline Raposa and Ben Rosenblatt's show, Love Bites, here on Heritage Radio Network. I will be talking about being single and dating in my 40s. So if you'd like to hear about that, please tune in on Monday at 4 o'clock. Now for my show next week, Wednesday, April 6th, I will be playing back my episode 63 with Anne McBride. She is the culinary program and editorial director for the Strategic Initiatives Group for the Culinary Institute of America. She curates the Worlds of Flavor Conference in Napa, which is coming up. April twentieth to twenty second, and I will be attending this on behalf of Heritage Radio and moderating a panel. So that will be next week, April 6th. Then we have spring break here at Heritage Radio as we're gearing up for our spring and summer season. So my next live show will be Wednesday, April 27th at 4 o'clock. My guest is Marie Elena Martinez. She's a writer, editor, and co-founder of New Worlder, a new website covering food culture culture and travel in the Americas. Maria Elena is also attending the Worlds of Flavor Conference, so we will be talking about that then as well. Now, until then, you can always find our shows archived at Heritage Radio network.org We are on Stitcher and iTunes. Please follow me on social media. I'm at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. Many thanks to Jack Inslee for helping me pull this show together today. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening. I'm Sherry Bayer. As always, thanks for being part of All in the Industry. Bye.